0: Welcome to the Understanding Projects podcast. My discussion today is with Anna Hoanato, who is the PRIME coordinator at Conestoga College. Anna is currently spearheading an initiative to implement PRIME at the college, with PRIME standing for Principles for Responsible Management Education. Related to PRIME, we talked about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and how to work with organizations in order to integrate these goals into their projects and operations. Our discussion also included the challenges encountered, such as getting the attention of the organization's management, quantifying the benefits, and the concept of greenwashing. Here is my discussion with Anna Hoenadl. i the uh, prime coordinator uh, at Conestoga College. Um, so what can you tell us about PRIME? Like what, what, what is PRIME? Uh, what are its characteristics and, and what should students know about it?
1: Yeah, so PRIME is an acronym and it stands for Principles for Responsible Management and Education. It was started in 2007 by the United Nations Global Compact. And the Global Compact is a group of mainly CEOs of large corporations that recognize the need for sustainability practices in business, and they found that once they started to really get involved in sustainability, there was a lack of trained uh, professionals from colleges and universities that understood sustainability and how to best put it into practice. So in 2007, they started PRIME, which is the Principles for Responsible Management Education. And there has now been 800 signatory schools of colleges and universities across the world. And the aim of Prime is to create future leaders that understand the demands of sustainability and understand a triple bottom line, which is people, planet and profit. So it's kind of working to slowly change the business model to incorporate society and environmental factors.
0: Okay, and, and I understand that our college, Conestoga, is a member uh, uh, for this. What does that mean for the for the, for for the college? Like, what you know, what what uh, what types of things will we do differently?
1: So, Conestoga College and the School of Business specifically signed on to be a signatory to Prime in November of 2020. And to be a signatory, an active signatory, you need to submit a report of your actions every two years to the United Nations body that organizes PRIME. So that's something that I'm working on intensely right now is to develop our first sharing information on progress report for PRIME that's going to go through a lot of the great work Conestoga has done in the last two years. This report will be publicly available after it's submitted to the UN. So that's a great time when you can look into all the different initiatives that have been uh, started here at Conestoga School of Business. And we're also going to outline some goals for the future of how we want to make sure that Prime continues to be something that becomes embedded within the School of Business.
0: Right, right, good. Within Prime, there's reference to uh, sustainable Development Goals, or they're referred to often as SDGs uh, for short. Uh, what are these goals, and and how does that differ? How does it how is that different from Prime? So, can you kind of provide an overview? Yeah,
1: for sure. So, the Sustainable Development Goals were created by the United Nations in 2015. So, it came after Prime but since it was created, it became a cornerstone of the PRIME initiative to make sure that these goals are helped, that PRIME can help these goals come to fruition. So the Sustainable Development Goals are 17 different goals that were agreed upon by almost all of the countries in the world. And they're very ambitious, but they set uh, targets for a more sustainable future. And since they're so ambitious, it requires the collaboration of everybody, not just governments, but private corporations, nonprofits, community organizations, and everyday people to help advance them. So you can look at the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals on their website and they can break down each of the goals, have different targets and different indicators. And the targets are usually Um, very focused on things that national governments can report on. So sometimes there needs to be a bit of a bridge to bridge the gap between what a federal government can do and what an individual corporation can do. But there's still a lot of ways that we can help Canada and the world achieve these sustainable development goals.
0: Right, that sounds that sounds good. I won't put you on the spot and ask you to name all seventeen, but what 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 are one or two? So you give us a give me a one or two goals, just as an example of the types of things that are in there.
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, they are ambitious. The first two are no poverty and zero hunger. Right. And then there's things like good health and well-being, reducing inequalities, gender equality. There's Uh, responsible consumption and production. There is climate change as a goal, life on land, life underwater, and a bunch of different goals in between. And then the last one, number 17, is um, partnerships towards the goal. So that is a whole goal talking about why it's so important for everyone to work together. And these goals were created after the Millennium Goals, which were the goals that were set by the United Nations before these. And they have much more of a focus on uh, not leaving anyone behind. So it's not the responsibility of less developed countries to catch up. It's the responsibility of everyone to help everyone move forward because these are focused on equality and making the whole world a better place, not just your own country a better place. Right,
0: right, Right. very good. Um, I assume that in your current role, and even some of your your previous roles prior to to coming to the college, that you've managed projects and so on. And it sounds like you know the report that you're working on is certainly a, a large project that you're working on right now. How have you approached these projects, especially with a sustainable you know development mindset? Like how how do you bring that in to the projects that you've you know either managed now or, or have managed in the past?
1: Yeah, I always try to bring sustainability into any project I'm a part of. I have um, been studying sustainability since my undergrad and have worked in a lot of sustainable organizations and worked in organizations that aren't focused in sustainability. And I find that the approach needs to be really different depending on the organization. So I've worked for a large tech company where sustainability wasn't necessarily a priority, but I just had to understand their business model and understand what that company valued and how I could integrate sustainability into it in a way that made sense. Maybe I would say, if you do this and this, then we can save energy and this would result in a cost savings of this, or we could increase our brand reputation because it's clear that we... Are interested in sustainability and working to make things better. So that's a totally different environment from a nonprofit. Before I was, before I came to Conestoga, I was working at a nonprofit on a project called SDG Cities. So they were obviously very invested in sustainable development goals and helping other organizations and companies in Guelph and London integrate the sustainable development goals into their business model. So in that role, I wasn't pushing anyone on my nonprofit team to incorporate them. But I was helping all these other businesses and stakeholders understand why it was important. And these were willing participants that were coming to us to learn more. So that was a very different um, environment with a lot more curiosity and drive to make a change. And it was less important that I create a really solid business case for why I needed to incorporate those goals. Great. Right
0: yeah that's a that's a good way of looking at it and of, of you know um you know one organizations that are are naturally engaged you know nonprofits or if that is part of their that they are part of uh, like a sustainable business industry if you, if we want to call it that but other companies like you said a tech company for example how did you find that conversation went like you you were you were talking about a business case showing them the advantages did did you get pushback from it at all did were there examples where the the manager or the you know the, the person involved in the project would not be receptive and if that is the case what what did you do in that case
1: um, within tech companies, things work very, very quickly. And the speed at which things get done and ideas get off the ground is rapid compared to a higher education environment or a nonprofit or a government environment. So it was just getting the attention of the right people and the right motivations for the right people to make sure that things took off and not being discouraged when things didn't work out as I initially planned. Just keep on going back to different people, understanding what was reasonable to ask for, and understanding the motivations of the company was really important as well. And it is something that tech companies are striving for in general. You just have to get people at the right time when everyone's very, very busy. I think that kind of goes for all the organizations I've worked in. Everyone's very busy all the time. So you need to kind of understand the right moment, be very prepared and have your elevator pitch or your 30 second pitch to kind of hook people in. You don't want to be boring them with a bunch of like literature reviews and all that kind of stuff to explain why it's important. Just be like, this is why it's important to you and to the company.
0: Right, right. This is the advantage. And and, um, so... I can see where that would, and like you say, you, you need to, to find the right people. You need to speak in the right, in the, in the language that they're uh, receptive to and, and help them see the advantages. Did you have any instances? I, I'm just curious about these, this, cause this is a key interaction. This is, this is a, a key thing within, within a, you know, the, the, the project scope, so to speak. Um, like it, in the case where you can make the, the business case to say, hey, if we do it this way, we'll save, you know, it will we'll save energy, we'll save electricity. So, you know, most business people, I think, would immediately see the, the, the benefit of that and, and you know, it'd be an easier easier sell, maybe not an easy sell, but an easier sell. Where, did you have situations where, you know, it might be increasing the cost of the project For a less tangible benefit, maybe for reputation or perception, did you run in, like, how did, did you have those? Did they respond positively? Or how did you, how did you address that? Or or how would you see addressing that if, even if it didn't happen?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, within the sustainable business management program that I did at Conestoga in 2020 and 2021, we kind of discussed all of those different factors when we were working on our capstone project for operational sustainability. So we got a real world client to work with and we went through um, their business model and like all of their equipment and facilities to understand where there could be cuts made or changes made to increase the operational sustainability and how that would increase the brand. And a lot of operational sustainability can sometimes be easier if it's really obvious that you can create a projection by saying, an improvement will cost this much, it'll save you this much, and then within this many months or years, the investment will have paid itself off and you'll be making money. So those are obviously the ideal situations where um, a lot of sustainability changes can be made, but for other reputational changes, you might need to point to the consumer base and how younger consumers are really starting to care a lot about sustainability and looking for brands that uh, respect sustainability and operate in a more sustainable nature. It's just hard sometimes to avoid a greenwashing situation where they're making claims that aren't very well backed or aren't always followed through on. But that that's nothing that happened in any of the organizations I've worked with for. It's just something that I see in a lot of bigger brands uh, okay. these days. Yeah.
0: I think I, I, greenwashing, I think I've heard of that. So can you help me, that is, is that where, and I think you just said it, so I'll just repeat it back to you. So that is where claims are made of benefits that don't really exist or is is that what a green, can you help me define greenwashing for me?
1: Yeah. Greenwashing is basically a fake sustainability campaign. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly developed within a marketing department and it's talking about the brands being sustainable, but there's no way to measure the sustainability initiatives or Keep track of how the company is improving at all or making any real changes and kind of trying to bury some of the worst parts of their operations. Um, One of my dad's favorite examples of it's not so much greenwashing in the current tent, the current scenario, but it is more historically is that all Apple products say on them designed in Cupertino, California. Yeah, when they're all made in China but they're trying to hide where they're made by putting created
0: yeah I, I've noticed that whenever I open, exactly I just just opened a a, a a box just purchased some some airpods and and there there it was of in California and you're right it is subtle they're not technically lying but they're certainly certainly they're they're not saying uh and made in China, and most of it is made in China. Like yes, yeah. we designed it and 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 in in California, but mm-hmm. the 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 operations, the development of the the thing was in was in China or or wherever. Um. So um. So yeah, that's I mean that, that's that's uh, I, I think a key challenge. And and yes, if more harm, I I would think that more harm can be done by these facades or these, these fake, you know, campaigns or, or mm-hmm. whatever, because it will taint the real ones, you know? Yeah. So, so that that's, that's really interesting. I hadn't, hadn't thought of something like that. It's like, you know, the analogy I, I'll use, it's, it's the difference between a honest and heartfelt compliment and flattery, you know, like mm-hmm. compliments and heartfelt compliments are good, flattery bad, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it just, makes you doubt everything so that's that's uh that's really really good um so what do you think from from an organizational perspective you know I'm I'm uh say I'm running a whatever a tech company or manufacturing company and or 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 whatever what what uh what, what benefits why why do I want to um you know bring on a sustainable development um, you know, consultant or or bring that into my organization. Like what, what what does it do for my my company? You know, I know, you know, I think we anyways, what from a from a company standpoint, what, what would you say as would be the benefits to me of of, you know, uh, looking into the goals and and aligning with them?
1: Yeah, I think that bringing on a sustainable sustainability consultant would be beneficial, especially in areas of operational sustainability. That's kind of the easiest low hanging fruit that could be taken care of right away and help prove the value of sustainability to business leaders that don't necessarily understand or buy into the idea that this is important. And then it can also improve employee morale if things are getting um made better and improvements are made within if it's a manufacturing facility it can also extend to employee health and well-being and other things like that and training opportunities it can help with brand enhancement which i never like saying that that's like a s- strong reason why you should but it is a motivating factor for a lot of businesses why they might finally agree to it is because it does help with brand enhancement. And I think if you can show a lot of initiatives that have some backing in metrics and data, it's really important to show to um, different consumers who might have that as a reason why they're deciding to go with a certain brand over another. It can also help get in ahead of any environmental regulations that might be introduced later on so that you already have all this information, you've already worked to improve and it can reduce emissions and help advance the sustainable development goals. It's hard to, for a lot of for-profit companies, it's hard to push just purely intrinsic, do it because it's good for the planet. But at some point you can also add that, that we need to protect the planet for future generations and we need to work in a sustainable way that might help in areas and times of uncertainty. Maybe if you have a more tight operation within your factory and then there's inconsistency with ordering or supply chain or all those things that happened during COVID, you might be better prepared to deal with all those because you've set in place a lot of uh, processes and programs beforehand.
0: Right. Yeah. All good ideas. And, and, you know, I think uh, like you said, in your, in your program of study that you, that you took, I'm I'm sure these are all, all things that were, were, were talked about. And, And I think that is one of the key challenges is motivating, you know, business and within their, their, their operations and their projects to to look for ways to to um, achieve those benefits. It reminds me somewhat of this goes back a number of years, but there um, when there was discussion of quality, I know this is different from from what we're talking about, but there there was a, a quality initiative and, and a lot of times business would would resist it and say, well I can't afford I can't afford to do that just like they might be saying I can't afford to do sustainability. I'd like to, but I can't afford it and one of the things in the in quality was there there was a and I, and I don't recall who the author of this statement was but there was a there was a, a, a somebody that said quality is free and and the idea being that if you implement quality and do it well you bring the cost down and you achieve efficiencies and you you satisfy customers and you get more sales and so why wouldn't you do quality you know and i see parallels with that of 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 sustainable concepts of of, well why why wouldn't you do this because of all the the advantages that the things that you just talked about you know and and Mm -hmm. that's the business like that's the business case like you Mm -hmm. know the the big one and and it's just how does it how how do you fit that to different organizations um but um but that's those are all those those are all good things how do you find out more if 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 viewers of this would like to say yeah this has got me you know kind of um, really interested in the sustainable development goals and Prime, where where should they go and, and look or find out? How can they get involved?
1: Yeah, so the SDGs and Prime both have websites that you can look at to learn a bit more. Also within Conestoga, we're That I'm currently working on that sharing information on progress report. Once that's available, there's going to be a lot more detail into all the work that Conestoga has done for Prime and a lot of goals that will um, directly impact students to help further bring Prime into the School of Business. So that'll be something to look forward to in December or January. And there's also a student-led sustainability club on campus. I was the founding president of the sustainability club, and it is a way to learn more about the SDGs and PRIME and how they can be incorporated into your education and your daily life and your future career. And they run a lot of different events. I just got going a couple of weeks ago, uh, again with a new president and vice president and treasurer, but. I'm sure they're going to be running events shortly that everyone can attend, and it's open to students across Conestoga. So it would be great to have great. Uh, people from a lot of different programs involved in the club.
0: Right. That was going to be my one question: is that these are is not exclusive to only the 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 sustainability program? Of course, you'd want mm-hmm. from all from from any or all programs. I'm sure. Um, I will I will post the the. Um, um website addresses in the description of the of the pod so we don't have to we don't have to list them or say them here um and if there's um anyone watching from another um institution you know, another, uh, especially an educational institution, uh, I'd be almost, I'd be somewhat certain that there would be some sort of similar club or or events within within your 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 school or institution. If not, it might be you know, there's an opportunity to start one. I suppose so. So there, there 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 may be a need there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was the first um, club started in Conestoga that had the theme of sustainability and it is really important to students and employers, and this knowledge is important for the future generation. So it would be great if other schools started this. There's about 33 signatories in Canada to Prime, and there's only one other college that signed on around the same time that we did. So this is something that I hope will continue to grow within Canada, and I'm sure that Conestoga. School of Business can be a leader for other colleges and um, other institutions as well.
0: Great. Well, Anna, thanks very much. This has been a, a really uh, illuminating conversation. Uh, it's great to see the the, uh, the great work that you're doing. We'll look forward to your uh, report coming out, late, it sounds like, later this year, uh, and as well as for lots of opportunities for, I suppose... Uh, you know, uh, all of the 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 um, people at Conestoga to get involved in it. So uh, it sounds really exciting.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And if you're still interested in learning more about greenwashing, I think the best case study that you can look into is the fast fashion industry and how they participate in greenwashing. The fast okay. fashion industry is a mess for sustainability, and they're now trying to pretend they're sustainable and it's sad, but also a very, very interesting case study.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, that's good for anyone, for anyone watching. I'm sure if you, if you Googled uh, those keywords, um, it sounds like there'd be lots coming up. So that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. So anyways, thanks very much and uh, good luck in your, your future endeavors.
1: All right, thank you so much for having me.
0: That's it for this episode. If you would like to learn more about project management, you can find my book, Understanding Project Management, A Practical Guide, on Amazon please also consider following understanding projects on your favorite podcast player or clicking subscribe on YouTube